Amen. Romans chapter 1, if you would. I love the book of Romans. It is probably, it's a stretch to say it, but it's real close. It's the top three, if it's not number one, of one of the most misquoted letters, misinterpreted, misrepresented letters. Um, there's been a lot of people been led down the old Roman road. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's amazing because the letter opens up by saying to you that are saints in Rome. Paul's not here to tell these people how to be saved. They've already been saved. And uh, he's excited because they're in revival. Verse 15, he said, so as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Couldn't wait to get here. With everything that's in me, I'm excited to preach the gospel to you. He said, and this is the reason why. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first, which already happened at Pentecost. And also to the Greek. This is not an inclusive gospel. But you do need to know it's the only gospel. He said it's for you as Romans. It's for the Jews. And I'm excited to preach it to you. Because it is truly the power of God. If I could say it to you like this. Paul said the gospel is the only thing that can save you. I don't care who you are. Come on. The gospel is the only thing that can save you. Church, if I could come up with some kind of formula. Some hocus pocus abracadabra that you could say it five times. Just say this five times and you'll be saved. I would have done it. But there is no hocus pocus. There is no abracadabra. There is no repeat after me and you're saved. It's going to take the gospel to save you. But what I've come to preach to you this morning, I believe with every fiber and fabric of who I am today, the gospel will not let you down. The gospel will not let you down. If you're thankful today for the gospel of Jesus Christ, I just want you to return thanks to God right now. Thank you for this precious truth that we hold dear to our hearts, God. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Praise the living God. Look at your neighbor and tell him this morning the gospel won't let you down. You may be seated. This has been a great week. God's been very good to us. And uh, we're in revival at FPC. Great things are happening. Amen. We thank the Lord for that. Thursday and Friday, we were blessed to be uh, at Calvary Tab for Mark Conference and heard some wonderful preaching. Brother Jerry Jones was preaching Friday night. He got my heart stirred up a little bit. He was talking about this very verse that I read to you this morning. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And uh, 
He just said something that got my heart pricked when he was talking about the apostle saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, Paul was not saying like what we, what we think when we say, I'm ashamed of you. In other words, uh, I'm not just going to hide behind something and I don't want anybody to see me because I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm not going to like go in public and hide behind all the Walmart racks because I'm ashamed. I don't want people to see me. You understand what I'm saying? Paul was not saying, I'm not ashamed, so like I'm going to be loud and just obnoxious and whatever. He was not saying shame as in what you and I think of shame. He said what, what the Apostle Paul was saying, and I believe the language of this speaks so clearly when you look at the context that I'm not ashamed. What he was saying is, I don't have to be ashamed to stand on this word. Because the word will stand for itself. Listen, Paul did not say I'm set for the offense of the gospel. He said I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Because you can't help the gospel. Man, I, I want to help you right now. You cannot help the gospel. You can't preach it any prettier. You can't make it any better. You can't adjust it and make it uh, add value to it. The gospel is the most valuable and most powerful message that will ever be spoken on this side of heaven. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because it's the only message that will get you to heaven. You cannot be saved without the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. It's not going to let me down. It's powerful enough to save you. It's the only thing that will save you. It is the power of God. Somebody say unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. The Jews received it first. But the promise was that I will send power to you once you have received the Holy Ghost. And you're going to be witnesses. This is in Acts 1 and 8. If you're looking for it, taking notes, Acts 1 and 8. He said, you're going to receive power. And you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Everybody say the Jew first. He said, it's going to happen in Jerusalem. And then it's going to happen in Judea. And then it's going to happen in Samaria. And then it's going to happen in the uttermost parts of the earth. Why does that excite you, Pastor? It, that, that's like... A whole different time. Listen, I want to tell you, this is really cool. You need to know this today. Anderson, Indiana is part of the uttermost parts of the earth. That means that the gospel was not just for the day of Pentecost. It was for you and where you were born and where you live. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for us right here today. Well, I don't know about that because in my opinion, and this is where we get in trouble. In my opinion, can I say this and y'all still love me? I found out a long time ago, he don't care about my opinion. In my opinion, that's not what the, the Lord wants us to do. He don't care about my opinion. He wants to know, will you love my word? Will you fall in love with the gospel and let the word speak in your life? Well, in my opinion, we don't have to receive the Holy Ghost anymore. It's a gift that God gives some people 
But he doesn't give it to everybody. You know what? When I hear people say that, it don't make me mad at them. But if it was the truth, it would make me mad at God. Because I don't serve a God that's so unfair that he would give you a great gift. Maybe if I say it till I spray it to the fifth row right there, we'd have got, listen, I don't want to scream this out because I don't want you to clap your way through this. It doesn't even make sense to the nature of God that he would give me a gift that he would not give you. He loves you. This is going to surprise you, I know, because I'm perfect. But he loves you as much as he loves me. Yeah, but pastor, my dad wasn't a preacher. That's irrelevant. Yeah, but you don't know my past. It's irrelevant. You don't know where I come from. It doesn't matter. You don't know how many times I failed God. It doesn't matter. Your future is not predicated on your past. Your future is predicated on your obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I guess if I was a Jew, I could be part of the promise. You could. You're right. And you could if you're an Indian. Or if you're a German. Come on. Or you're a Czechoslovakian. There will be a spelling test after this for that one. Somebody shout the uttermost. Can I tell you it doesn't matter to God if you live at the North Pole, the South Pole. It doesn't matter. The gospel is for you. Yeah, but I was raised in the bars, Pastor. I was raised. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom, she was a woman of the night. The gospel is for you. Yeah, but I don't deserve the gospel. The devil is a liar. None of us deserve mercy, but that's what mercy's all about. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God. Thank God. So, so it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big word. It's kind of a broad term when we say the gospel. Now, I'm going to get real strong here for just a minute. Y'all put your seatbelts on and smile. If it makes you uncomfortable, just grin so big that your teeth get dry. But in Galatians, in your Bible, in Galatians chapter 1, now we're going we're to look at this together. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 8. We're going to talk about something right here. Uh, Pastor, I'm a little uncomfortable because the Pentecostal gospel that you guys preach is different than the gospel I received as a kid being raised. It's going to get kind of tied up in here a little bit. Uh, I, I, I don't really agree with the doctrines that, that you teach and preach, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and in filling of the Holy Ghost. I kind of like the gospel that all I have to do is just say that I love Jesus and he wants me to be happy and I can just live however. Well, it is joy unspeakable and it's full of glory. But I'm going to say it. I've been preaching it for years. This God wants me to be happy doctrine's killing a lot of good people. God does, God does not want you to be happy if that means abandoning the power of his word and forsaking and neglecting the commandments of God for you to find satisfaction in life. 
The way God wants me to be happy is to find out what does his word say about me and get my life in alignment with what he says about me. Amen. So we're going to deal with a tough question in here. Now, these are the reasons why I don't sleep good before I preach. We're going to look at this this morning. There are churches that have built denominations, groups that have built their entire doctrines on the fact that an angel appeared unto them and said, this is now what God wants you to believe. Okay? I'm not going to be ugly and name people. I'm just saying. They've built their entire kingdom on the fact that an angel of the Lord came to them and said, you don't need the old Bible. We're going to write a new one. And what God said before is now irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Do you want to know why they want to write their own Bible? Because of what this Bible says. And this Bible says, but though we, somebody say the apostles, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Verse 9. Now you know when they're saying it back to back. He just said it. And he said, as we said before, I'm going to say it one more time. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received. Why don't you all read that for me? So, you know, this is not just hard Pentecostal preachers. You know, these old guys that are stuck back in the, in the 1940s and 50s. You just want to oppress people. You just, you just want people to believe the way you say it. No, I don't. But I'm going to say it the way the word says it. I want you to believe it the way the word says it. Well, the gospel that I was taught, the gospel that I was taught is different than the gospel you're teaching. Can I say it to you how the apostle said it? Then that's not the gospel. Woo! Where's my helpers this morning? It's not the gospel. If it's a gospel that's different than what they preach. Well, what's the gospel? I love this story and I'm glad you asked. He that was high came down low so that we who were low could get up. What is the gospel of Christ? I'm glad you asked. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The gospel is that you don't have to be lost because he made a way for you to be saved. The gospel. The gospel's powerful. Well, I don't think it's necessary. I know you guys have heard me preach this all my life, but I'm going to tell you I believe it. You know, some people like to argue. I know you're surprised by that. Some people just love to argue. And you know what? They don't even care if they're right. They just want to win. They don't argue to be right. They argue to win. And it's just, it's just the way it is. I don't know where Graceland went. 
She's kids choir. Now I can talk about her. She don't have to be right. She just wants to win. <laughs> I don't know where she gets that. But it's sure not my side of the family. <laughs> you know, I like to fly. I thank the Lord for the gift of flight. I love to fly. Uh, I love airplanes. They turn me into a three-year-old. I don't care who I'm with or where I'm at. When an airplane flies over, I'm like, I'm looking for it everywhere. They make fun of me all the time playing golf because a plane flies over. And they're like, would you just hit the putt? I love to fly. But you know, there's this little thing called gravity. But gravity's not a theory. Gravity's a law. It's proven. It works. And uh, gravity is a... Uh, it's the reason why you have aches and pains in your body today. Because there's pressure on you. If we didn't have gravity, our spines would decompress and we'd all be just fine. No, no problems at all in our spine. It's gravity that's pushing us down. And I keep adding to the weight of gravity. Some of you will get that in a little bit. Brother Linton said it a few weeks ago on Sunday night when he was singing. He said, I've been working on my pulpit bumper. I'm trying to help gravity out here. Keep me down a little bit. But you know what? You can, you, you can dislike gravity. I like to fly, so I'm not a big fan of gravity. I like to fly. If I could, man, I'd be like little Peter Pan. I'd just be like, woo. Where's pastor? I'll be right back. Woo. I love it. I'd see some bird up there flying and be like, man, that looks so cool. Woo! I'd just go, I love to fly. You don't have to like gravity, but I'm going to tell you something. Go fuss with it. Go find you somebody that will agree with you. That the earth's completely flat. Gravity ain't real. And we don't like it, so we're going to start us a group in the streets and we're going to write all over these signs, we hate gravity, and we're going to chant it for six hours. We hate gravity. We hate gravity. Okay, good. Now, here comes the challenge. I give you an open invitation because I love you that much. Get your sign that you hate gravity, and I'm going to get you a ladder, and we're going to walk up on the roof of this church together. And we're going to go to the highest point of this church. And I'm going to tell you to chant as loud as you can. I hate gravity. I hate gravity. And then I'm going to invite you while you're saying it. Just go ahead and fly off. We hate. Pastor, that's so stupid. You know what? It is crazy. But that's exactly how we treat the word. You can oppose it. You can detest it. I, 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 I was reading the other day on, online this article about the scripture. And this atheist got to post it on there something about quit talking about this book about a non-existent being. Blah, blah, blah. Went on about all this stuff. I'm like, God, what is wrong with people? How can you see what we see? You want to know what's stupid to me? Can I just be honest? 
Can I just have an honest moment with you right here? I've traveled the world over. I've seen the most beautiful things you could imagine. Can I tell you what sounds stupid to me? Brother Danny, I need you to help me on this. Two rocks banged into each other in the middle of the air. And this is what happened. Hey, don't y'all be making fun of me. This is sound doctrine right here now. There were these two big rocks that were flying through the air. And by chance, they got too close to one another. And when they went boom, the world went bang. What are you talking about? All I can tell you is the biggest bang you could imagine. It was this big bang. And we looked up and we got the Grand Canyon. All these people climbing Mount Everest. They are so lucky because we'd never see that if those two rocks wouldn't have hit one another. Yeah, we're up here swimming in the stink, aren't we? Why is this so hard? A loving God took six days to create everything that man needed. And then he took his hands and he formed the clay very carefully with his hands. And he breathed life into that clay. And it became a living being. And then that clay that became a man with a human spirit in it. Turned his back on God. And broke the heart of God. And the Lord said, I love you so much. That I'm not going to live without you. And I'll do whatever I've got to do. So he tried it through the priesthood. And he tried it through rams and bullocks and doves. But they kept on turning their back. He tried by letting them go to Babylon. And they, man, they kept turning their backs. And so God constantly kept pursuing. He said, I loved you enough to form you with my hands. And I loved you enough to breathe life into you. But there's been something that's so wrong that you keep turning your back. And apparently the blood of a lamb and a ram and a bullock and a dove is not going to get it done. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this spirit and I'm going to wrap myself in flesh. I'm going to be born in flesh the way that you were born because I want to feel what you felt. I'm going to robe myself in flesh. I'm going to be tempted like you are tempted. I want to feel what you felt and I'm going to show you you can come through this thing but if you don't and if you make a mistake I'm going to take this life and I'm going to lay it down on a cross and they're going to crucify me and they're going to reject me and they're going to spit on me and they're going to curse me but I'm not doing it for my sin I'm doing it for your sin (laughs) two rocks collided and it happened let me tell you what happened two worlds collided It was a world that I didn't create, but I was born in. I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. But when my sin collided with the mercy of God, there was this overflow in my life that said, I'm not doing this because you deserve it. I'm doing it because I love you so much that I'll do anything I have to do to reconcile you back into the presence of God. I want to tell you today, he didn't come for the perfect. He didn't come for those that's got it all together. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. 
world. I've been told all my life that I'm no good and that nobody loves me and that nobody believes in me and that I'm never going to amount to anything. Hey, can I shout it from the mountaintops today? The devil is a liar. Well, they told me I wouldn't do anything. Do you understand who you are today? You are a child of the king. His royal blood flows through your veins. He picked you up out of the miry clay. He set your feet on the solid rock. He established your going. You are a child of the king. Oh, let's give the Lord praise right here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why are you saying all this, Pastor? Because I want you to understand, you don't have to like it and you can fuss about it, but there's only one gospel. It's a law. There's only one. The devil wants you to be able to say, well, my daddy didn't love me. Let me tell you about your father. Your father is who loved you so much. Let's go to, let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Not to be confused with John 3, 16 because it's all, it's all good, but 1 John. Now, we're going to walk through this here together, okay? So that you know I'm not putting words in God's mouth. Now, if I get off, I'm going to stand over here. If I get off, you grab me by the coattail. And you tell him he's a liar, okay? You promise? I promise you would too, and I'm going to run. Okay, I've calmed down. I'm going to slow down, and I'm going to read this to you. You're going to read it with me. You ready? Hereby... Perceive we the love of God. Stop. We're having an English lesson here. Who are we talking about? Who loves? God. Okay? God loves us. We see, we perceive the love of God. In other words, this is how you perceive the love of God. Let's go. Because... Hang on just a second. How could God die? He's a spirit. No, I, 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 I don't believe this one, this message, Brother St. Clair, because God, God can't die. He's a spirit. You're right. And the spirit of him has never died. But if you're wondering what that flesh was all about. It wasn't Jehovah Junior that gave his life. It was God manifest in the flesh. It wasn't the spirit of God that died. It was the flesh of God that died. He laid down his life for us. He, John said it. Who is John? Who is he? I mean, what business does he have talking about who God is? I'm so glad you asked that. Because he's the one that Jesus loved. He was close enough to hear the heartbeat of God in the flesh. John's one of the ones that could testify and say, God has a heartbeat. <laughs> John was close enough that he could say, oh, I've heard the heartbeat of God. And it was John that said in the beginning. 
was the word and the word was with God and the word was God go ahead to verse 2 can I just preach a word a little bit right here the same was in the beginning with God all things What gospel are you talking about, Pastor? All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined into darkness, but the darkness couldn't put it out. The darkness could not comprehend it. Fourteen. And the word... word (laughs) the word was in the beginning the word was with God the word was God the word was God and the word became flesh the word became flesh what are you saying I'm saying to you Nobody will ever love you like Jesus loves you. Nobody will ever love you like Jesus loves you. Brother St. Clair, you don't know how many people have let me down in my life. I understand that, sweetheart. And I know you've had some tough times. But let me introduce you to a man that will never let you down. He will never turn his back on you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I'm not trying to jump around today. I just want to preach the gospel to you. We get over there in Colossians. Colossians just does something to me. I don't know. I could spend six months in the book of Colossians reading that letter he wrote to the church at Colossae. I just like it. I I like being in there. I love it. When you get to Colossians chapter 2, And verse number 9, this does nothing but just help me understand how much he loves me. You understand that? God have mercy. If you don't feel what I feel right now, I pray the Lord dumps a dump truckload on you. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. For in him. Who's him? Well... Let's back up and look at verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the what? I may need to clean my glasses. I can't see it very well. What's after the what? Tradition. In religion, there's tradition? He said, listen, if there's going to be deception, it's probably going to be through tradition. He said, but you need to be aware lest any man deceive you through the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after, come on, feed it to me, not after, not after Christ. 
Verse 9. For in him. Who's him? We know that. Because we just, we just saw. For in him. In who? In Christ. So we could say easily without taking the scripture out of context. For in Christ. Everybody with me? For in, in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in the flesh. All the fullness of who God is was sent to us in the form of a man. And that man laid down his life. I wish somebody would shout that there's nobody like Jesus. So then what if, there's, what if there is, Pastor, what if there is another faith? What if there is another gospel? Well, we've already answered that, but I think we need at least two or three witnesses. The apostle said it pretty hardcore. He said if they're preaching another gospel, they're cursed. But Jude, I like Jude. I like Jude a lot. When we open up this little short book, it was Jude, right there in the only chapter that we got in Jude. It opens up, and Jude said, I was going to write to you about this common salvation. He said, but something got a hold of me. I was restrained, and something got a hold of me for me to tell you that you need to earnestly Contend. Are y'all are y'all are y'all picking up what I'm putting down right here? Earnestly contend for the faith. And y'all are preaching so good this morning. The faith that was well, it, it's it's been preached all over the world how was it once delivered I don't think you understand what what he was saying he wasn't saying the message is only going to be delivered once he said the faith was only delivered once and that faith is faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ when he said the faith he was talking about the gospel message the faith is our belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, how do we know that that is the faith that he's talking about? It's in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 5. God, I feel him in this place right now. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God, somebody shouted, one God and Father of all who is above all What is the gospel? The gospel is this. That he used to dwell in tabernacles that were made by hands. But now his spirit is living in a vessel that his hands created. So what, 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 what if I have a different faith and what if my baptism is a little bit different? Then we got to get on the same page. Because there's only one Lord. One faith and one baptism. There's only one God and he's the father of all. The scripture said he's above all. 
What do you mean? He's above all. I mean, he never stops being everywhere. He's above us. He, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's always working. So where'd he go when he died? He didn't die. His flesh died and his spirit was still everywhere. He didn't stop being God to be a man. That's why he wasn't 50% God and 50% man. He was 100% God and he was 100% man. He's above all. And he's working through all. But this is my favorite line. And he is in you all. When I tell you that I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you what I'm receiving. The God of heaven and earth. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He felt comfortable to live in my heart. Well, I just don't know that it's powerful enough. This gospel isn't pretty enough. This gospel isn't jeweled up enough. This gospel doesn't really look good enough to be appealing to the world. You know the devil's still a liar? I think I could title every sermon I preach, the devil is a liar, and it'd always be good. When you get into Acts, the 8th chapter... And I wish I had time to preach all this. But when you get into Acts, the 8th chapter, the Bible said that men of God were preaching the gospel. And the gospel was so powerful that there was a man in that region by the name of Simon. He was a witch. He was a sorcerer. The people that had been around him, they, they all knew who he was. When you go read Acts 8, it said that he was so powerful that men looked at him and said, he is the power of God. The power of God. Whoa. But the gospel came. And when the gospel came, he came forward. And the scripture said that Simon the sorcerer, who was the most powerful man in that town, said, well, why are they all getting baptized? They said, well, you need to be baptized too. And he was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, baptism is the burial. But the resurrection is a little bit different. Because he got to looking at them laying hands on people and them receiving the Holy Ghost. And that old man that he thought he would bury thought he had buried starts talking he said well how much would that cost me they said what how much would what cost you let me have the power let me buy it and i'll start laying hands on people i want to give them the holy ghost that's where you're wrong simon because you can't give the holy ghost pastor come pray for me i want the holy ghost baby i wish i could give it to you but i can't I can't give you the Holy Ghost. You've got to receive the Holy Ghost. If I'll go to this meeting and that guy will preach and that guy will pray for me, he can give me the Holy Ghost. Nope, he can't give you the Holy Ghost. You have to receive the Holy Ghost. How do I receive the Holy Ghost? Are y'all ready? Can I preach? I'm about done. How can I receive the Holy Ghost? Well, you got to be sure. 
that there's nothing else living in there. I know this is just elementary to some of you, but I, Holy Ghost is touching somebody in here right now. Uh, what, 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 what do you mean? I'm, let, let me say this to you. You'll find nowhere in the scripture that anybody tarried for the Holy Ghost for six months, six years. Well, then when did they get the Holy Ghost? When they finally emptied out. When they finally got empty. It took 10 days for the first church to get it because they had to get together in one mind and one accord and get their flesh emptied out. And when the Lord said, yep, they're empty enough. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. So what, what, what are you saying? Well, listen, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I've seen folks get baptized that didn't really repent. How do you know? Were you some judge? No, I know they didn't really repent because after they got baptized, went back to doing it. I wonder, Brother Grisham, how many people we've baptized through the years? They're all over this city. They ain't here tonight. So how do you know they didn't repent? Because they're not here. But I've never seen anybody, and I mean this. I've never seen anybody get the full power and gift of the Holy Ghost if they hadn't fully repented of their sins. Do you have Bible for that? I do. He said, my glory, I will not share with another. He said, I am, I am God and beside me there is no Savior. You got to empty out your vessel. You got to truly repent of your sins. It is not just a prayer you pray. It's a decision that you make that I am turning from the old life. Listen, when you make up in your mind that receiving the Holy Ghost is a gift that God wants you to have and you don't have to beg God for it, you just watch Him fill you with the Holy Ghost. What are we doing, Pastor? I'm getting ready to open up this altar and God is about to fill some people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking it by faith in this house right now. That somebody's going to walk up here today. You're going to lift your hands. You're going to empty your heart out. And you're going to say, God, I'm tired of fighting with you. I'm tired of questioning you. I'm tired of questioning your word. I see it clearly. There is a need in my life. Lord, I've got to be baptized in your name. And I want to be filled with your spirit. So I empty myself out today. And I'm asking you, God, to fill me. I feel it in the house right now. Well, how, 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 do you, how do you know? Everywhere in the book of Acts, and I don't have time to keep preaching because it's, it's time to open the altar. Everywhere they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there was an accompanying sign that they received the Holy Ghost and began. To speak, Holy Ghost, to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Why would you preach the gospel to Simon? He's a powerful man. Because the gospel won't let you down. What would you say, Pastor, if you had one minute 
with the Queen of England before she died. You know what I would have said to that queen? Ma'am, it's a pleasure to meet you. You're getting ready to die. But Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the mission. Why, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's good for the king. It's good for the queen. It's good for the pauper and everybody in between. There is nothing like the Holy Ghost. And you can have the Holy Ghost in this room today. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost or you want God to refill you with the Holy Ghost right now, these altars are open. And I'm asking you to stand to your feet. And if you want God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, by faith today, I want you to make a step forward. And you're going to come to this altar. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not afraid afraid of him today I believe that his spirit is for me and I believe that God wants to fill me all over this house today heads bowed eyes closed we're going to worship the Lord together he's creating an atmosphere in this place for the hungry right now I don't want you to worry about who's around you right now I don't want you to worry about what they're saying and I want you to listen very closely to me as you begin to pray unto the Lord all of a sudden you're going to begin to feel words that you didn't come up with in your own mind there's going to be things that start to come across your lips that you're going to want to stop it and draw back from it don't you stop that you let that go on that's the spirit wanting to pray through you it's God wanting to fill you with his spirit don't worry Worry about what it sounds like. Don't worry about what people think of you. And if the tears begin to flow, just let them flow. And as you open up your mouth to say, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, all of a sudden, before you know it, you're going to begin to speak words that you've never spoken before. That is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let it flow through you right now. Woo! Shatalabasotorabaha. Come on, nobody's ever got the Holy Ghost with their mouth closed. You got to open up that mouth and speak. Don't you worry about what it sounds like. Don't you worry about what people say. Open up your mouth and just begin to make his praises glorious. Oh, pastor, I don't want people to hear me. Then you're ashamed of it. You can't be ashamed of it. The gospel won't let you down. I don't do this very often but I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you, I mean this sincerely, that God's looking for hungry hearts that will step out by faith today. You're not afraid or ashamed to step out. You're going to make a declaration to God. And I don't do this very often, especially in the local assembly. But I'm getting ready to pray a prayer of faith. And when I pray a prayer of faith in this room, the Holy Ghost is going to fall just like it did on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. I feel it in here right now. When I pray the prayer of faith, the Spirit of God is going to flow through this room like a mighty rushing river and God is going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost I just want to know this morning are you ready to receive is your heart clean is your heart clean 
if you're ready to receive it today then God is ready to give it to you I'm getting ready to pray this prayer of faith and when I do you're going to feel something come over you and you're going to begin to speak with other tongues in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I pray that you would release your spirit in this room right now let the Holy Ghost fall in this room right now let the power of your spirit fall right now